Hello, this is Rumble with Michael Moore. I'm Michael Moore. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining me again. I'm doing a few days in a row here of my podcast as I took a couple weeks off in August and I have missed a number of things that I've wanted to talk to you about. Today, we're going to talk about the raid at Mar-a-Lago, not the FBI raid from a couple of weeks ago, but my raid on Mar-a-Lago back in March of 2018 in the second year of the Trump presidency. I thought I would try to see if I could get into Mar-a-Lago and if I could, how far could I get and would I find anything in the basement? So so we're going to get into that here in just a couple of minutes. But first of all, I mean, are you still trying to get over the fact that (laughs) that Trump stole all of these classified documents? And now we've learned he was actually reading them. He went through the boxes. I thought, well, no, he didn't know what to take down to Mar-a-Lago. They just grabbed stuff on the way out of the White House. No. And it turns out there's so many more boxes, so many more documents. Remember, it started with like there were 11 boxes, then there were 15, then it got up to 27. I don't know. And and now, uh, between the Washington Post and New York Times, which have done excellent reporting on this, there's like 300 more sets of documents that they now learn that he has had in his possession. What was he doing with all of that? Well, I think we know. The guy never read, you know, anything while he was sitting there in the Oval Office, didn't attend the daily meetings of our national security and all this. There's memos they're sending to each other in the White House that they had to bring down these daily reports from 10 pages was way too much, seven was too much. Give him bullet points on one page. Maybe he'll read that. Maybe he'll read that. But when he's leaving the White House, now he wants all the documents. He wants to take them all with him. Why would he want them? maybe a little late night reading while he's retired from the presidency. No, no. We know why he took them. First of all, he's a traitor. So his various expressions of love for Putin and Kim and various other dictators or right-wing fascists that now hold the presidencies of certain European countries, South America, etc. Trump loves all fascists and God knows what he shared with any of them. You know it, and I know it. And we're going to find this out. We're going to find this out. What did he do? Why did he want these documents? Remember, for him, everything is about leverage, right? That's how he's lived his whole life. Information is leverage. Ownership is leverage. And if you have these secret documents, and some of these documents are the transcripts of private phone calls with other world leaders. The one we know about is, is the president of France. What does he want that for? Who's he sharing that with? How's he going to use it to get what he wants for his corporation to line his pockets and his family's pockets? Nothing surprises us anymore, but It'd be impossible for me to take this too far into saying, what, what actually is it is he going to do? Or what was he going to do with these documents? And as bad as of a thing I could think of right now to say, you, you know, it's worse. I know it's worse. It's always worse. 
This is incredible. I don't understand how he is not going to be arrested. If they don't act, if the Justice Department doesn't act on this, then they are admitting that not only is it okay to break the law, it's okay to be a traitor to the people of this country and to collude with others, other leaders, other fascist dictators in other countries. My friends, you know, we cannot be quiet about this and we have to demand, we have to insist the truth be told and he pay the price. You know, I have to be honest, a few months ago I was thinking, well, it's never a good optics, I guess, to, you know, have the next president arrest the last president. You know, that is what happens in places that are not very free. They're not democracies. And, uh, you know, he got his comeuppance by millions of people voting him out of office. But I don't think we could just let this go. What's the message to future presidents? That you could just behave like this? That you can put yourself first over the country? That you can violate your oath of office? No, we can't let this go. And we have to be adamant and loud about this. But that's not the raid I wanted to talk to you about today. I wanted to tell you about my raid on Mar-a-Lago. So here's the situation. So it's it's March of um, 2018. It's uh, about, not quite, a year and a half since Trump was elected in November of 2016. And elected, you know what I mean by that. I don't mean we don't really have democratic elections where who gets the most votes becomes the president. We have a, you know, the system we have set up by the slave owners that founded this country, wanting to make sure the slave states had more representation. And so they set up a system. The Electoral College was part of that system, et cetera, et cetera. We will get rid of that someday. But in this case here with Trump, so he's elected and it's the second year of his presidency. It's March of 2018. Myself and my crew were down in Florida making Fahrenheit 11.9. We actually, we, we were there just a, a couple of weeks after the um, sad and tragic massacre at the Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. And we were down there talking to the kids and the people that were organizing what would be the March for Our Lives massive rally in D.C. and across the country. But on it was Saturday night and we were done working and and, um, you know, I said, we're only a half hour from Mar-a-Lago. I mean, we're down here. Let's go see if Trump's there. Let's see if I can somehow sneak in, you know, knowing full well, of course, that the chance of that happening is pretty slim. He's the president of the United States is probably surrounded by a lot of secret service and, you know, but yet a few days after he was elected, I went over to Trump tower in, in New York. So he was elected on a Tuesday. Saturday, I just walked into Trump Tower, just me. And I was doing a, a live thing on Facebook, just holding my phone in front of me. I walk in, nobody stops me. I go over to the escalators, you know, there's a big atrium in Trump Tower. So I get on the escalator 
And I ride the escalator up to the, the second floor and nobody has stopped me. No secret service, no cops, no security. And I'm like, wow, I wonder how far I can get. And so I took the next escalator up to the third floor again, untouched. I'm not wearing a disguise or anything. It looks like me. I mean, people are noticing and they're like, wow, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm going to go see Trump. I got on the next escalator up to the fourth floor. I think I got as high as the fifth floor and I was finally stopped by the Secret Service. And they recognized me and, you know, I, I don't think I look too scary. Of course, I don't carry any weapons or anything. And I they said, uh, what are you doing? I said, I'd like to see the president-elect. And I said, oh, well, you can't, you can't get in here. I'm already like five stories above Fifth Avenue. I said, yeah, I got this far. And uh, I said, no, you have to go down to the front desk and make an appointment. Oh, okay. So I got back on the escalator. They didn't escort me or anything. I just got on by myself. Went all the way back down to the first floor in the lobby, went up to the guy and uh, tried to make an appointment. He even called up to say that I was there to see him. It was really weird. Somewhere that exists, I think, on Facebook Live or maybe I YouTubed it. You know, I'll find it and I'll put a link here on the site if you want to just watch that half hour, 45 minute escapade of mine. But anyways... But I figured, okay, that's five days after he's elected. They didn't have their shit together yet. So, But now here I am. We're actually in Palm Beach, West Palm Beach. And we're driving down the road. And we come up across the driveway entrance to Mar-a-Lago. No gate, no security, nobody stopping our car. We just drive right in. And I'm thinking, how can this be? You know, and, and thinking back now, when you know, when they say Trump has boxes and boxes of classified top secret documents that he's storing there at Mar-a-Lago. And Giuliani the other day saying, oh, those boxes were as safe there as they would have been in the National Archives. But here I am. I've now pulled into Mar-a-Lago. And we go all the way up to the little circular drive that's at the very front door of Mar-a-Lago. Big brass plated door, big, you know, beveled glass and all the stuff people like that have. And I said to the crew, I, I'm just going to see how far I get here. I, you guys stay in the car where I'm at because I didn't think I was going to get two feet. Some guy said, here, let me wire you up. You're not going to get very far anyway, so just let me just put a little microphone underneath your uh, shirt here. I'll be able to record the sound. Okay. All right, that sounded like a good idea. So I get out of this car. I'm right there at the front steps. And I go up the steps, and the doorman sees me, recognizes me, and says, oh, Mr. Moore. <laughs> and the other doorman opens the door for me. Still, there's no security. There's no secret service. I walk into Mar-a-Lago. I walk into the main lobby with all that stuff that you see at Trump Tower. If you ever go into Trump Tower, all this fake gold stuff that just, it's very, you know, 
very gaudy, I guess is the word. Is that still a word? And the Saturday night dinner is happening in the dining room. And I asked one of the people there at the desk, hey, is, I'm just wondering if, uh, if the president is here. No, 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 he's, he's not here tonight, but, but uh, Don Jr. is in there having dinner. Oh, yeah, no, I said, uh, yeah, oh, Don Jr.'s here? Oh, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I know Don Jr. And, and so <laughs> I start, I start walking in, you know, toward the, the dining room. Well, a number of people were coming out because you know, dinner was sort of over. I, mean, I was there probably 10 o'clock or so at night. But they're coming out and they, one after another, of course, they recognized, I shouldn't say of course, but they recognized me. Actually, they, these, <laughs> these people, they should recognize me. And, but instead of being like, get him out of here, what's he doing here? What are you doing here? None of that. Oh, Michael Moore. Oh, welcome. So, oh, thank you. Now, listen, they're all dressed like, you know, in decent attire because they're, having dinner at Mar-a-Lago, I'm in my cargo shorts, a t-shirt and a ball cap. <laughs> Many of these faces were uh, familiar. I couldn't necessarily tell you their, their names because I'm, you know, they're just, they're people you've seen on the news. Let me put it that way. And because I don't obviously run in Trump's circle, I don't know these people, but I know them. I knew them by sight. And, and then there were, but then there were, there were media people there too. There were, you know, people that work in television, that work in the press. Uh, the great author Ken Alouetta was there and he came up to me. Oh, how's it going? And we talked a little bit. He told me about the book he's working on. And, um, you know, we're just having a conversation here there in the outside the, uh, the private dining room at Mar-a-Lago. And then somebody else came up. Oh, it's, what are you doing here? That's this guy. I can't believe my, hey, Michael Moore's here. And again, I'm looking around. Where's the security? Where's the secret service? I don't see anybody. I mean, I see people that look like they should be security, but they're not doing anything. I mean, you got, look, if you've seen my films, when I go someplace, I don't belong. If I show up at some corporate headquarters or whatever, I get the bums rush. I'm there maybe a minute. <laughs> now I've been in here for five minutes. Nothing's happened. More people talking to me. Um, a woman comes up, introduces herself as uh, uh, she was an executive at one of these uh, private jet companies and gives me her card. If I ever need a private jet, call her. And I'm like, this is surreal. And I'm wondering if, you know, out in the van, or, you know, my car there, are, are they getting this on, on this microphone that's underneath my t-shirt here? And then the guy at the desk says, I'm going to go in and tell Don Jr. you're here. I'm like, what is going on here? Another five minutes. And now it's 10 minutes I'm in there. I'm talking to more people. I'm just, we're just talking about what's going on in the world, in the country, you know. <laughs> and um, and nobody's mad. And then that started to bother me. These, these wealthy people, whoever these people are that I recognize, 
from television are not upset that I'm there. And then I took it personally. I thought, wow, they're not upset. They're not afraid. They're not afraid that I'm seeing them here with the Trump family. And I started to think, how far can I get? Let's just, I'm just going to go roam around Mar-a-Lago until somebody stops me. I'm in there almost 15 minutes now. Still inside. Until somebody who works for the Trump organization, a security person, comes up and says, uh, Mr. Moore, I think you've gone far enough. <laughs> I said, yes, I think so too. I <laughs> of course, I didn't know anything about there were boxes being stored in the basement or in his office or whatever. I would have asked if I could just take a peek at some of that. But of course, we didn't know any of that, that he was a thief of documents back then. We knew there's other thievery and other criminal activities have been going on for many years with the uh, Trump organization, the Trump family. But so the security guy is still very polite. People are now wanting to take pictures with me because they're guests of Mar-a-Lago. So he doesn't want to stop them. So he steps back and lets them take their selfies and then, you know, when every time a selfie was done, he'd say, okay, we should, we should probably go out. I said, oh yeah, no, no, no problem. Somewhere in this, in this time period, he says to me, uh, your microphone has fallen off you. And I looked down <laughs> at the, the little tiny hidden microphone that was under, taped underneath my t-shirt that had fallen off and was dangling down by my, uh, cargo shorts. I said, Oh yeah, we've been filming today. I forgot to, I forgot to take this off. Feeling like such an idiot boy. Don't ever send me in for any kind of spy operation. So we, we keep, you know, walking back out into the lobby, into the front door. And, um, you know, I have, I have some grainy photos of this that they were, they were, my crew was taking out through the car window and into the door of the, you see, it's me. But it's it's they're pretty grainy. But I'm going to post them here on the podcast uh, uh, site just as as some evidence that I was actually in there, and um, and I and you know I'd, I'd stop every few feet and just say to the security guy, you know, I really would love to talk to Don Jr. If that's they were, they were just going in to tell him I was here. I'm sure he want would want to see me. And, and the security guy he says, yeah, I don't think so. And so we keep walking to the front door. People are still snapping pictures, coming up, shaking my hand, shaking my hand. We get to the front door. I thank the security guy for uh, his polite behavior. And I promised, uh, you know, don't worry, we're, we're going to head out now. And, um, and then that was it. I, went, I opened the door, went out, down the steps. Got in the car. Um, I got in and, um, you know, Cameron Sounder in there, Basil, our producer was in there in the car. And I said, can you believe what just happened? <laughs> like that was the longest I've ever been in anywhere where I shouldn't be. And that there's like no security here. 
And Basil said, you know, well, geez, I know we, we could see some of it through the door. And, and uh, we saw the famous author come out and, and uh, a couple of media people. And I said, I know right? you guys, you saw, you recognize those faces, right? We just, we just don't know who they are. And, um, and I, and then I said to the crew, I said, you know, I got to tell you though, this last 15, 20 minutes here, it really bothered me because, um, why were they so welcoming? These are people, you know, are the political opposites of me and they know that our films and the things that we do, we're out to, <laughs> we're out to bring them down, return our country to its people. And, and then it kind of dawned on me and I said, you know, I think it's, I think it's because, you know, they're celebrities themselves. They're famous. They're well known. And they didn't look at me as the enemy. They looked at me, I'm sad to say, as essentially one of them. Uh, that, you know, all of a sudden they saw another celebrity, not one like them, but it was still sort of, it just had that feeling, all the pictures and the handshaking and the harumphing and, uh, and they were kind of weirdly admiring how I got away with being in there. They shouldn't be admiring anything about me. That's what I said to the crew. I said, this is really, this is bothersome in that sense that I should be kept away <laughs> from any place like this. Frankly, I don't even know why they still put me on TV. Let me say these things I say. Is it just that? Is it just because, well, I'm a quote, celebrity, quasi-celebrity, you know, is it because, it, you know, well, they know how many millions see my films or follow me on social media? Do they just, is that is that why I'm still given a microphone, a platform? It, it's kind of disgusting in a way because shouldn't everybody have that access to a platform, to a microphone, to be able to speak to millions of people? I don't know. You know, here it is now. It's three, four years later. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still trying to grapple with the fact that when powerful people, when corporate titans, when media people like that see me, they should be shouting security. You know, <laughs> it would be, I think I said that too loud. People in the apartment building might be worried. <laughs> Michael Moore just shouted security. I could hear him in his apartment. Um, but that's, at least that's what I want them to feel like. Or is it that in spite of all these movies and all the work I've done and things, things haven't really changed that much. The rich are still richer. They're still in power. They're still in control. That even though the majority of Americans vote for Democrats and seven of the last presidential elections, the Democrat won the popular vote, that ultimately it doesn't matter because we're still struggling for basic things like debt relief for students, like women's rights, like a whole bunch of things that we still have to fight so hard for that we should have by now. I went, I went on the ride back. I, I just I kind of sat there looking out the window at South Florida and thinking, Man, I want to believe this is worth it, what I do. 
I'm going to believe what you do, all of you listening to this, is worth it. We get very few victories, don't we? And when the people doing this to us, the ones dining out there in Trump's private dining room, they should be disgusted and appalled at the sight of me, not asking me for a selfie. What do I need to do to change that? What do we all need to do to change that? That sense of security that the wealthy have, that nothing's going to change, the people are never going to, to vote us out. We control the Supreme Court now. We do, you know, they're just so smug, so smug about how no one is going to remove them from power. To the point where even me showing up with my secret microphone dangling down out of the bottom of my shirt. And nobody's, nobody's worried there that night at Mar-a-Lago. Hmm. You get what I'm saying, don't you? It's good for me to think about it. The greater point, as it relates to the raid of a couple of weeks ago by the FBI, is what took them so long to conduct the raid. They've known he's had these boxes, these documents, since he left the White House. Since he left the White House almost two years ago now, going on two years. What took them so long? Because as I showed on that night back in 2018, the security was virtually non-existent. The Secret Service, nowhere to be found. And if I'd known those boxes were in the basement, it's always easy to find the basement stairs. All you smokers or former smokers know how to find that back, that back stairway. Go grab your cigarette. That's all I would have needed to do is just find that one stairwell down in the basement. And all of a sudden, I'm in, I'm in banker box heaven. How dangerous, how stupid, or how smart of a move by Trump to steal all these documents and keep them at a place that I was just able to walk into and hang out in for 15 minutes or so. I hope the Justice Department does their job. And all of us should be making our voices heard about it. That's the story of my raid on Mar-a-Lago. Thanks for listening to it. Please feel free to drop me a note at mike at michaelmoore.com or a voice message. You can leave me a voice message on my voicemail. And the link for my voicemail is here on the podcast platform page. If you're not already a subscriber to my Substack here, please do that. It's free. All my podcasts are free and all my writings on Substack are free. You can be a paid subscriber if you want to give us a little bit to help us with our work, but not necessary. I'm happy to have you listening to this. 
and I want to thank you for this. I'll come back again tomorrow, and we're going to talk about something that's very important regarding the upcoming midterm elections. So until then, this is Michael Moore. This is Rumble. My thanks to my producer and my editor, Angela Vargos. My thanks to Basil Hamden and all the people that were with me at Mar-a-Lago. I still haven't taken that executive up on that free jet ride. I probably never will. I'll talk to you again tomorrow, everybody. Uh, Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye.